Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Mino Line Media presents the Business First Podcast. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today we are going to discuss a very popular and very common business topic, leadership. And in studio with us to discuss this is Jenny Vasquez Newsom. She's a facilitator, public speaker, and founder of Untapped Leaders, a leadership development organization. And she's also the author of the book by the same name, Untapped Leadership, Harnessing the Power of Underrepresented Leaders. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, thank you for being here. Um, and you know, before we take the deep dive into everything that we need to know and understand about leadership today, is tell us a little bit about your journey because you actually left corporate America, um, working and training leaders to now leading your own organization. So tell us a little bit about what helped you make that transition and what inspired you to do that work, to do yeah. this new work. Absolutely. So my background is in education and nonprofit management. I uh, worked at in higher ed, ed institutions as well as nonprofit organizations kind of in the C-suite. And my most recent role was uh, facilitating leadership development trainings, kind of cohort programs for leaders across stages of their careers from high school students all the way through kind of executives in you know, Fortune 500 organizations. And you know, to be honest, 2020 was very much a core shaking year for me as it was for, I think, a lot of us. And it really you know, caused me to call into question how I'm utilizing my time and talent on this brief time on earth and uh, really trying to think about, well, how can I bring in, you know, the assets that I hold, but then also the ways that I I see a, a lack of representation in the leadership space, in these um, spaces that um, has persisted for, for so long. And so uh, that was really kind of the moment, the aha, that, that caused me to start you know, writing. And that the book came first. Uh, and you know, as I was writing the book, I was working still and really just realizing that, you know, I, I needed to operationalize this um, because it, it is necessary, particularly thinking about the leadership that's needed for today's world. Uh, it just was a moment of realizing I won't be able to have the impact I could have working within the system, quote unquote. Um, I have to work outside of it. And so that that's where this journey began. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that was so interesting um, in your book, and I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it, uh, is that 90% of our instruction and direction in the form of, of books, when I think about all the books that I have on leadership mm -hmm. and all the books that had been recommended to me on leadership, uh, have 90% of that is written by white men. 
And what I thought of immediately was there's a, a group that I follow on Instagram. I won't mention the name, but it's one of these um, goddess empowerment groups where women talk about, you know, feminine power and um, tapping into, you know, who we are. And one of the books on the reading list this summer was The 48 Laws of Power by <laughs> Robert Greene which has been like the Bible for so many of us. And so, but even in that moment, it's interesting as much as I, and I've skimmed through the book, I've never felt inspired to read it. I've looked at the 48 laws and what the, what the 48 laws are. Um, but even in that moment, I was just like, really? Like, is that our only reference? Mm -hmm. And then, so when I read, you know, what you wrote about 90% of our teaching comes from white men, is it because, we just assume that because they're winning, they must know the formula. And so that's the formula to emulate. Mm, so much to unpack yeah, <laughs> in that, okay. in that question. Ready. Yeah, we're we're ready for it. <laughs> let's go, you know? Um, it, so there's a few things, you, because I truthfully, you know, same experience as you, like in my management courses, all the way through, you know, my doctoral degree, uh, the syllabi, were at that point 100% uh, wow. representation of uh, white and male perspectives. And, yeah. you know, in while I was in it, I, you know, kind of made things work for me or just try to think about, you know, okay, well, I can't do that. I'm a black woman, I'm a, you know, biracial black woman. Um, I don't think I can do these things that they're kind of purporting to do as leadership. Um, but I was just in it. And, and so I think what I want to empathize with, with this group a little bit is, you know, it's so much in the water that it takes a moment to say, realize, you know, wait, what, what waters am I swimming in? And because we kind of are brought into this um, from very early. And then this is kind of the space that we're in. And so we might not know or think about or consider what else that might be that if, when this is really being defined for us and in a way that I think society places value on these 48 right. laws, these, uh, these perspectives, there's a lot of value. They have a lot of shelf space. They have a lot of, uh, you know, yeah. airtime. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's all we kind of, the, the messages that we will largely receive. And, you know, that takes some undoing to, to notice it and then to say, well, you know, actually this doesn't represent me or this doesn't represent our group. Um, this is, probably is not the best perspective. And so, so in a way, like I empathize with that and I see how that can be, that can happen. Um, and, and now, you know, I, I also think that there are a lot of perspectives and fortunately a lot of, you know, authors outside of myself that are writing from, you know, the perspective that's not really told or hasn't been told since, you know, the centuries of, of work that, you know, white men have kind of held onto. And so it's, it's hard. I mean, I think that it's, it's a lot of unlearning uh, for all of okay. us to really consider, okay, well, who, who's my source? Um, is that the right source for me? And if not, where can I find my other sources? Maybe it's not in a published book, to be honest. Maybe it's in 
my family, my culture, my, you know, the experience I have with um, someone around me, you know, like I really get a question, like where, where we're getting our sources when we're defining leadership for ourselves. And so in you saying those things, what would be, if somebody then said to you, so what is leadership, right? Mm -hmm. If, 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 if I'm supposed to believe that it's, it can be broader, it yeah. can be redefined, uh, then what would you say to someone who's just like, well, you know, I need to know, I need to understand what leadership is. So if, I, if I'm getting my information from, from poor sources or, or if that's not the only source, then yeah. what, what else can I see? What else can I um, emulate? Yeah, that's a great question because I think that's a tough question, you know, to define leadership. Uh, I hope we all have our own definitions of that, but we really kind of reflect on and think about what, what does that mean for me? Um, so from my perspective and really with writing on tap leadership and really, you know, studying the frameworks and theories that have come for centuries past that, you know, have left a lot of us out in those studies and in those perspectives. And I think what has been largely missing from my perspective is this, awareness and understanding of context uh, within which we're leading. And so, you know, I, thinking about those, those books, you know, a lot of times it was the context of who I am as a biracial black woman trying to do, emulate and do these things. The context was different. I could not do that. And so, you know, I think when I come down to it, leadership is really the ability to understand and ground decisions within context, which means you're kind of contextually aware, um, but then also being agile within that. So that's a little bit of what I talk about in the book is like this contextual agility is kind of at the source and, and like the uh, foundation of leadership for me, uh, that right. I, the folks that I have really learned so much from and really have kind of taken notes from are those that are aware of all the things that, but contextual reality is that, you know, their staff members, their team members are coming into the workplace with the context of our society, all, all the layers and nuance that are at play, um, even the, the historical context that is informing the present moment. And folks that are really kind of understand that so that as their decisions are full unfolding, they're not you know, damaging. They're not uh, perpetuating a status quo. They're, they're really kind of evolving and, and, you know, involving the moment um, and then being agile within that, knowing that, you know, when we're kind of uh, standing still uh, sometimes, you know, we're, we're just holding on to something that maybe we shouldn't have. And so for me, you know, again, I just, I just really kind of thinking about if, if we can be contextually agile, then we're leading. And that has no it doesn't matter what position you're in. Um, and right. it really is, uh, you can do that at any level, at any point in your career. And that is what I define as leadership. As leadership. And so, you know, the other thing, uh, and I think it's an extension of that, um, what you just explained, you mentioned in your book, and I had forgotten about this, so I went back to watch it, but it's the danger of the single story, the TED Talk by yes. Chimamanda Adichie. And yeah. so, what, which is interesting because it's a 13 year old uh, TED talk, yeah. right? And when I think about when I first watched it, which was maybe a couple years after she had done it, 
and everything that has changed in our society since then, mm -hmm. right? It, it seemed even more important for us to understand based on what you're saying, right? That, that we all have access to leadership right. if we, if we choose to, right? And it is, right. it is not something that's preserved for a, a particular group of people. It is something that we all have access to. That's right. That's right. And I think, you know, those traditional narratives around leadership, I mean, they were built in eras of exclusion. Some of those early right. theories were built exactly. to exclude yeah. um, very purpose, you know, I, yeah. I would say purposefully. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that single story that, that, you know, exclusive narrative that puts yeah. leadership, quote unquote, at this very distant top. Um, and again, right. the data will say not all of us can really access that uh, equitably and equally, you know, um, in that way. And so that already by design is taking our agency, our leadership agency away from us um, right. because it puts it at this this very distant future or position. Um, and and that's really what I hope to kind of reframe, particularly in, again, this, today's world, uh, more of our stories um, have leadership embedded in them. How can we look to those um, to, to really guide us through you know, the, the complexities of our realities, the complexities of work, of all, all these aspects that are really at play right now? Um, how can we bring it back to, to center, bring it back to us um, in, in that sense? You know, in your bio, you say that you've worked with either close to or more than 500. That's a, a lot of yeah. uh, leaders, right? And so what would you say, uh, well, I have a couple of questions for that. Um, yeah. You know, your biggest lesson or the, the biggest insight, I should say, that you've mm. received from all of that. And, um, and then what in that has helped you now do the work mm. that you're doing today? Yeah. So a lot of my work is done through kind of cohort learning. Um, so bringing people together from different industries, different sectors, different positions. Um, sometimes there'll be kind of, you know, uh, parity in, in role type or, or whatnot. But, you know, working with leaders in that type of space with the kind of almost a, a microcosm of um, the world in a way that is not necessarily... Uh, company specific, organization specific, sector specific, uh, allows or has allowed me to kind of see some of these threads that exist, you know, regardless of industry, sector, position, role, you know, that this, these commonalities that, that happen no matter who the person is or the organization is. And I think, you know, a lot of the ahas that I pull into and think about through untapped leadership, through untapped leaders organization is really grounded in, in those threads that, you know, a lot of people I do think want to be able to lead as themselves to, you know, there's kind of this tension point between fitting into like what's kind of been assigned and what is valued and all these aspects. And then thinking about, the, again, the context within which we're like bringing in, you know, we all come from different and storied backgrounds and experiences and 
Um, and that shapes who we are. And I find that there's a, oftentimes this like divorcing that happens when like the professional self, you know, is in play. And so I think that was one of my ahas, my, like, you know, the moments of really realizing that, you know, pretty baseline, no matter who you are, I will assert to say that you want to be seen, be valued, contribute meaning, meaningfully and from your perspective into whatever organization and, and role that you're in. And that has been kind of across the board. So that's really kind of, you know, shaped a lot of the way I see things. And I think that it was kind of a unique perspective to, to be in those rooms because, um, you know, the power of observation of just observing those, those dynamics kind of unfurl, I think offers insight into thinking about, you know, whenever I work with an organization or whenever I work with a leader, I know some of those core tenants are, are there and, and how can we uncover that? Um, and that's really kind of the untapped piece of this all is, you know, there's a lot more there that I don't think we're tapping into because these you know, dynamics start to come into play when we think about like professional spaces. Yeah. So then, so that leads perfectly into this next question. Uh, she's been a, a marketing superstar in corporate America, Bosama St. John. She's worked for Pepsi, Uber, and her last gig was at Netflix. And I saw an interview where she did that she did. And she said, I realized that they were, all, if they were always going to see me as the black girl, mm. I'm just going to be myself. And so what do you, what is your thought on that in terms of when you talk about that divorcing that mm. happens because people are trying to fit in, or we're worried that if we show up and be too much of ourselves, we might yeah. be too much for the room and too much for um, our peers. Um, but it seemed to work. I don't know if it works for everybody. That's right. But it, it does see, it did seem to work for her. And so what did she, what did she get right in, 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 in that equation? Yeah, I, and I appreciate you uh, doubling back to say that it might not work for everybody. And I, right. I, that's interesting. There's a, there's a lot of nuance to that because I, I yeah. love, because I'm saying John, I follow her, you know, it's really yeah. kind of in, you know, I get energy from seeing right. her authenticity and unapologetic authenticity, mm -hmm. like not shying mm -hmm. away from it. I, and, you know, for me, I've always aimed to lead, you know, lead authentically, but I'll be honest, you know, I've edited in certain ways. I'll, you know, not say the thing that maybe, you know, no one else is saying. Like, I, that's been very real for me. And kind of that, that navigating that um, is a reality. So for anyone yeah. like listening to like, oh, I can't be out there like Boz, you know, I, I empathize with that because, you know, I think one element of the work that I do is around kind of, systems thinking power mapping and and this idea of operating in stealth mode that i think a lot of leaders of color leader, leaders that with any marginalized identities in the workplace will operate kind of under the radar try to be undetected to to you know it, uh, succeed or you know persist uh, through the the work and so you know i think what boz the did right i mean she comes with her receipts she comes with her like you know her impact she comes with the number whatever you know I, this is what i imagine but she's very good at her job so it doesn't matter you know they all the kind of workplace bias that 
she might need to navigate. I probably, I bet she has a whole she bunch. Had to, right? yeah. she had to. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. She also came with the, the books, you know, with the, the, the impact that, you know, really did not allow room for that bias to uh, affect her career. That's what I would assume. But... Again, for a lot of us, you know, who do have the receipts, you know, I don't right. like we, we have, we've done the work, yeah. we've shown and prove all that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's hard. I think it's, it, it is, it, the game is not easy. And, and I, you know, when I usually work with leaders and, and work with leaders of color in particular, you know, kind of navigating that same right. dance, it, right. it is we're better equipped when we know, uh, you know, the spaces that we can push to be our most authentic self and the repercussions and the risks are, you know, uh, calculated in that sense that we kind of are aware that there's always, I I do think Buzz has taken a lot of risk. um, And, you know, I I don't think, I think she's known that and and she's calculated towards that and and has, succeeded as a result so that's kind of the the tension and, and not without pain points yeah i'm, I'm sure and not without pain been, points right yeah so like what so the risks right are are yeah. yeah are part of the whole um the whole journey um right. which is a little different than uh like someone like renetta mccann who's a little mm-hmm. older who was the ceo of starcom uh, an international global uh advertising organization who talked about the difficulty that she had navigating these rooms, that she couldn't be as forceful, she couldn't be as um, direct, and walking into rooms and sometimes people thinking that she's the assistant and not mm. the CEO. And, and so I'm wondering if, particularly with Rosalind Brewer just stepping down mm. from um, uh, Walgreens, uh-huh. right, um, and had previously uh, stepped down from Sam's Club, uh, what do you think that some of the challenges of, of women leaders who are obviously strong, obviously have the receipts, obviously have a strong record, um, still they're not maintaining these positions the way they, they'd like to, to maintain them? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, this is where I, I really do stand behind the idea that the rules of the game are not the same. Um, you know, even thinking about uh, Rosalind and kind of her recent departure, uh, mm-hmm. she was leading a pharmaceutical company through the height of a pandemic, yeah. unprecedented global pandemic, leading this organization. And now the claim is that, you know, her areas of expertise don't align with the company's future. You know, that's just put it on the list of things I'm not buying today. You know, I just, I don't, I, you know, I, I I don't see how that's the case. And so, you know, I think 
this is the really tricky reality and then really kind of connected to the, those risks, um, you know, and, and just knowing that uh, if we, we can't show up the way, again, sometimes white and male leaders can show up um, really to that, that point of having to uh, adjust tone, affect, kind of facial expressions, emotion, all of these ways we have to like be aware and self-edit uh, because mm -hmm. it, it really is grounded in bias. When we you know, think about, again, the, uh, what people expect to see when they see a leader at the head of a table, um, as black women, we're countering that. And that's very difficult in and of itself. And, and so then, you know, I think the eyes and the ears are kind of prone to looking for any false move or anything that might just be a little different than what's expected. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's really difficult uh, to navigate. And so, you know, as I mentioned, I, I kind of talk about this as this kind of stealth mode uh, operation that, you know, in order to lead in these places and in these ways, uh, we kind of have to operate on stealth mode to, to be like, to remain in, in, in good standing, we will say in, in that sense. And so, um, it's, it's difficult because we have those two, you know, examples, uh, but the boss and, and then uh, Rosalind and, and folks kind of kind of that have, departed roles. I mean, I think all those examples have departed roles. Um, and uh, it speaks to the reality that even today um, in our present world, we're not there yet. We have a very long way to go to actually uh, have equitable access to these top roles. Because even when someone's in it, their, their experience and what's expected of them is not the same. It's not the same. And so, you know, further to that, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that, um, you know, Rosalind did move this company, this S&P company through, you know, unprecedented crisis times. Yeah. But it also goes to what you, you talk about in your book about us leading through adversity, which is almost seems like a natural thing for us. And it's, it's, mm. it's the opportunity for us to actually shine. And so, I, you know, I there were a couple of folks that came to mind, like Ron Williams, who came into Aetna, Ursula Burns at Xerox, President Barack Obama in 2008, right? And the country was was mm -hmm. in, in in a major recession. Um, but even culturally, right, we tend to lead um, in living color was the show that saved Fox, Cos the Cosby show saved NBC, Michael Jordan saved Nike, um, Run DMC saved Adidas. Is there a way that we can ride that? <laughs> it, you know, mm. it seems like we're we're able to always uh, when a when a company, a country, mm. uh, uh, an industry is in crisis, we know how to lead, right? And, and obviously, it's from right. all of the things that we we know adversity. Adversity is in our DNA, right? right? So we know how to overcome adversity. Is there a way that we can take that and 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 extend? the extend mm. the benefits of what we've done and not get punished mm. for it as like a Roz Brewer who did who did that mm. right and 
was as much as Barack Obama had gotten us through the recession, he, he really fought for his life in that for the, for the reelection in 20, 2012. And we see what has happened to, to Bill Cosby. There's a, you know, a lot of arguments around that. But, you know, again, is there a way that we can extend, <laughs> you know, all the money that we put into people's pockets? Diddy with Ciroc, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know if that's a question that we can answer, but I just think it's a question that we need to consider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I mean, I think that's that you're right, because it, it's so you name so many examples um, and time and time again, where we see kind of the same, the same phenomena. And, and I think, you know, the idea that we were asking this question, how do we extend this, uh, this. you know, uh, influence, impact, uh, and then be, again, be valued for what is happening here. Uh, that is a, a, a deep, systemic question, I would say, because it is, it is pretty big on um, really kind of thinking about uh, sometimes the cleanup that happens that, you know, I think leaders of color, marginalized leaders that will come and do for organizations, for industries, really mm -hmm. with this idea and perspective that one understands adversity and, and kind of resilience in a, in a, in a way that is so connected to lived experience a lot of times that that's the way we're just naturally built to uh, have that fortitude to, to move through and figure it out and strategize and kind of just these innate abilities because of that that lived experience um and then also i think you know in the ways we have been marginalized or just at least have these perspectives that may not be at the center of an industry of an organization just really kind of this viewpoint the standpoint that uh, is given us some i think unique insights into yeah. the challenge at hand and so when you kind of think about all those people you named or the kind of the folks that really saved uh, perspectives that really saved a, a television station or industry or whatnot you know i'd argue that they're kind of they understand that context much better because they know yeah. there's a whole audience that isn't being tapped into. There's a whole market that's not being spoken to or all these ways that they, you, they really can see the, you know, the opportunity in the room that those that are maybe too close to the power the center, the, you know, the story, the single story, you know, all that, won't be able to see because it, that's just not the perspective that they bring in. And so I think the tough part of your question is though, how do we kind of maintain that value within mm -hmm. those that are doing the work or maintain yeah. that influence um, so that it really is, becomes a game that um, is much more fair. That is the, you know, not uh, us saving industries and then kind of the industry moving on. Um, and then we're still not at the, the head mm -hmm. of these tables, so. You know, part of the frustration, um, you know, or, or I should say part of the reason that women, black women and women of color are starting businesses at the rate that they are is because of the frustration for leadership opportunities in corporate America. And so what would you say to, to those, um, not just women, but those people who mm -hmm. are leaving corporate America 
with skills, knowledge, receipts, and, and everything else, um, what is some of the strongest advice you can give them as they are starting mm. their own business or, and to, and to those who are listening, who are, you know, starting companies, developing companies, growing country, companies, what they should understand about leadership skills and the importance mm. of their unique story and their unique experiences, what they bring culturally to any landscape now that they are going to, uh, you know, take dominion over. Yeah. Uh, you know, I applaud those that are, are doing this. Like we're kind of creating our own tables, own spaces, own, own lanes, uh, because, you know, I think the, the ceilings and the, you know, the, the limitations are very real. I think a lot of times that, that folks are experiencing and now um, kind of creating something on their own. Um, you know, I, creating something on your own is like also very unnerving. It's disorienting. It's kind of like, you know, what are you, trying to figure it all out. Um, particularly if you're kind of, I'm just reflecting on my own experience here, but reflecting on, you know, navigating it within structures and now kind of creating your own. And I, you know, my best piece of advice and something that I try to remind myself of is that, you know, I have all the tools, I have the receipts, I have, I'm equipped. I, I may not have done this before, uh, but I have, you know, experience and expertise from past roles and past organizations of what to do, what not to do, what I would change from my, you know, what what is the ideal organization, workplace structure, you know, approach that I want to make, um, and really leaning confidently into that um, really even you know when the confidence kind of disappears a little bit while you're trying to figure it out just go back to that that confidence like no actually i have a very unique uh perspective in this particular industry because i've been in it and i see what does not work and so that if i think that if you really kind of lean into that um i frame it a little bit in the book around kind of this zone of untapped capacity um that's really where one, you find your flow, your kind of zone of genius, like you're, you're really kind of doing the work that you enjoy and you're good at. Um, but then two, I think you find those uh, lanes that no one else is doing, can do, can you know really um, find that unique value add that your company, your consulting, your organization, whatever it is, is filling um, because we, we need we need it. I, I will just venture to say, like we need it, whatever it is. I, I can imagine that that it's needed. So I like so that's that my you, advice. Yeah. you named it untapped capacity because I think that that's what um, that was familiar to me. I didn't. I don't know if I had a name for it, but I think we all know in these positions, whether we're working for somebody or whether we're working for ourselves, there's something in us that knows we can do it because yep. it's why it won't leave us. It's why we keep pushing mm -hmm. toward it. But, you know, we're still a little unsure, right? Because yep. we haven't really done it or we haven't been allowed to do it or someone didn't listen to us when we were making these suggestions. And so, you know, how, how can you really, if you, if you haven't said it already, like really mm -hmm. solidify ourselves in this area of untapped capacity? Yes. So, uh, and just to kind of frame it, you know, when I think about that zone, it's like really bridging the ways we have 
power and privilege, we all have it, you know, and really kind of naming, you know, what power of experience, of title, of uh, whatever that may be, and really bringing in and bridging in um, those marginalized identities or perspectives that you don't see represented or, um, you know, these, these views that, that, that what's in your belly, like, okay, this is, this isn't working for me or this, you know, there's something here that I'm experiencing and I'm not seeing anyone talk about it. Um, it is this moment of like really uh, leaning into confidence, into that little tiny voice that, that, that is sitting with you. Um, but I think what makes it, you know, um, accessible is thinking about the ways we, you do have power that you can kind of think, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this lever to make sure that this little voice has more of a mic or this, you know, this is little voice has more of a, of an impact. And so it's kind of like bridging these two in a way that then it reminds us of our agency ultimately, um, that we all have agency. And and I think a world that tells us we don't, um, we don't want to listen to that. So, so how can we leverage and, you know, utilize these tools uh, to, to bring us back to that agency and then, and then take action, then do something with that. Um, yeah. So leaders can, they can be born, but they can also be developed, groomed and, um, supported to, to be, to be leaders. Absolutely. Anybody can lead. I will put that out there. Anybody. So, and so where can we find you more of your work? and um your book your your content tell us how we can we can stay in touch and and follow you absolutely so um everything is at untappedleaders.com so that's where we have our cohort programs our leadership platform uh we have a free newsletter if you want to kind of think about you know leading differently and from from perspectives that are often overlooked that's for anybody Um, and then you can find me at at jenny vasquez newsome two z's I know it's a little long, but I like for folks to spell out my whole name because, you know, that's right. the familiarity with it. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Okay. And you also have a YouTube channel? I do. I'll post that every now and then. So, you know, uh, at Jenny Vasquez News and same thing. Um, and then okay. you can find the same place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you for coming on and sharing your insight. Um, please go out and get the book. It's available on Amazon, I imagine. It is. Everywhere on your website. Sold. Yep. Okay, very good. So we want to support you in that as well. Thank you. And please let us know how uh, how things progress and um, anything else that we can support you with so that we can get this information out to more and more people. I appreciate that. This was such a great conversation. Thank you for the kind of thoughtful exchange and, and deep questions. I really uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next week with another dynamic guest. Thank you. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Aline, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcast. On social media, on IG, at business underscore first underscore podcast. Follow the Mean O'Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean O'Line Media. Get the Mean O'Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Business First Podcast is a Mean O'Line Media production. 
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.